Hello, this is Evan Schaefer from Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground with today's law-related thing that sucks. The law-related thing that sucks for December 11th, 2005? When American presidents play fast and loose with civil liberties. American presidents, of course, aren't infallible. They're human, and they make mistakes. But today I'm thinking about a particular U.S. president that some commentators and pundits have treated very harshly of late. He's a president who at times thinks so highly of himself that he doesn't think he's bound by the Constitution or decisions of the U.S. Supreme Court. High-handed, claims one nationally syndicated columnist, a greater menace to civil liberties than the infamous McCarthy. According to another pundit, this one from the New York Times, this president is one who, quote, willfully crushed civil liberties, a president who is guilty of playing fast and loose with the Constitution. I could keep going, but why pile on? I'm speaking, of course, about George Bush and his role in the crafting of the Patriot Act. Right? Actually, wrong. The subject of these criticisms is actually none other than Abraham Lincoln, who's still getting flack about 142 years after it happened for suspending the writ of habeas corpus. Ah yes, habeas corpus. When the subject is the writ of habeas corpus, historians tend to wax eloquent, as they should. The great bulk word against tyranny, says one. The great writ of liberty, says another, fundamental to American and all other English common law derivative systems of jurisprudence, says a third. These are only some of the phrases that historian Beverly Tucker has identified as being written over the years about the writ of habeas corpus. Habeas corpus is used as a means for someone who is imprisoned to demand a court to determine whether he has been afforded due process. It's written right into the Constitution. You'll find it at Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2. Quote, The privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when in case of rebellion or invasion the public safety may require it. Close quote. So what's all this got to do with Abraham Lincoln? Back in April 1861, at the beginning of the Civil War, Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus, something which arguably only Congress had the power to do. At least two high-profile politicians were caught up in Lincoln's net, the first was John Merriman, a Maryland state legislator who was arrested for participating in the vandalizing of railroad bridges. When he was denied the writ of habeas corpus, Merriman sued, and Supreme Court Chief Justice Robert B. Taney issued a ruling that Lincoln was wrong and had overstepped his bounds. Lincoln's reaction? He ignored the ruling. He was the president, after all. But it was another high-profile denial of the writ of habeas corpus that some civil libertarians cite as evidence that Lincoln was no great president at all, but was more of a dictatorial tyrant. This time it was a politician from Ohio, Clement Vallandigham, who was arrested and denied the writ. His crime? He'd publicly criticized Lincoln in the military. If it happened today, the public would cry First Amendment. But these were different times. In the 1860s, the First Amendment wasn't yet the darling of the U.S. Constitution. Lincoln was roundly criticized, of course, but it was his defense of his actions and not the criticisms that are most remembered today. Must I shoot a simple-minded soldier boy who deserts? said Lincoln in an open letter to the nation. While I must not touch a hair of a wily agitator who induces him to desert, I think that in such a case, to silence the agitator and save the boy is not only constitutional, but, withal, a great mercy. Withal, indeed. Where does it leave us? In our country's most recent century, Lincoln's reputation is secure, 
and he's widely regarded as American President Numero Uno, despite his run-ins with civil liberties. Lincoln, after all, single-handedly held the country together in a time of civil war. But before you go and get all misty-eyed, it might also pay to remember this warning issued by a renowned Pulitzer Prize-winning historian as follows. That a president armed with the war power may someday wreck the whole constitutional system is theoretically possible, and the dictator, if he ever appears, may discover precedence in the conduct of Lincoln. So there you go. Remember that warning as I remind you, in wrapping up this podcast and tying it in with current events, about this week's presidential radio address, in which another president, President George W. Bush, applauded the House and Senate Conference Committee for their work in agreeing to reauthorize the Patriot Act and make 14 of its 16 provisions permanent. President Bush called on Congress to vote promptly on the Patriot Act and, quote, finish the job. What do you think? Is it another case of infringing too much on civil liberties despite the justification of a war? Although it's up to you, podcast listeners, to make up your own minds about the Patriot Act, remember that for today at least, when American presidents play fast and loose with civil liberties is today's law-related thing that sucks. Don't be like Lincoln, Mr. Bush. As if there were any chance of that. This podcast was brought to you by the law firm of Schaefer & Lemire, a class action, mass tort, and personal injury firm where we never, under any circumstances, suspend the writ of habeas corpus. Learn more at riverbendlaw.com. Much of the factual content of this podcast was derived from a paper written by Beverly Tucker titled The Lincoln Debate, The Wartime Dilemma of National Security versus Personal Liberty, in addition to the biography Lincoln by David Herbert Donald. I'll put a link to these sources in the show notes. For more legal education, or to subscribe to the Legal Underground podcast, visit Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground at www.legalunderground.com. And thanks for tuning in.